just decided to enter the minds of two dudes who love the outdoors and live an active lifestyle. Join us as we share anything from hiking and hunting to strength training and general fitness and all the in-between. Laugh, learn, help. Live a little through us. Welcome to the Active Man Podcast. luxurious podcasting studio ever. We just got finished interviewing with Mr. PJ Suida, Muay Thai professional fighter aficionado. Donut aficionado. aficionado. Future chief donut liaison mm. of uh, a company, a donut company that you will hear soon. Should we mention them? No. No, not yet. We'll wait but till I will say... I will say it was really cool talking to a guy who's, you know, a local guy from where we are in, in northeastern Pennsylvania, and uh, it, it's it's really cool to, to talk to uh, talk to a professional athlete as humble as him, and uh, it's it's cool to kind of follow his maturation. And, and for our lis- listeners who uh, have no idea who he is, I really encourage you guys to give him a follow and follow him on Instagram or. Um, Facebook or something like that. He's a he's a good promoter. He's a showman, and he's a hell of a fighter. Definitely, and you know, like you said, it's it's been great to have somebody like that on here. Um, you know, I, luckily I got to work with him when he was pretty young, training him uh, strength conditioning wise, and to see him mature from where he was at 23 to now, and to just see you know his overall improvement life wise. You know, to see him grow like that has been awesome, and it's been great for us to get a chance to to let him share that with you. You know, from the beginning to where he's at now, it's just a a good story. You know, him, good guy, humble guy. Yeah, it's just a you know we mentioned this in the in the interview, but you know he took a risk. He he went out and was nervous, and you know went to this small time place to just explore MMA. You know, never thinking that it would it would lead to literally him making a living doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's really an example for, you know, nobody's saying you're going to, you should go out and uh, try and go be a fighter because you thought about it, like, in passing. But it, it's a cool example of uh, putting yourself in the right opportunity and then falling in love with something that you might be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just don't know until you try, you know? Yeah. That's well, why you should stay active. Anyways, we hope you guys enjoy the interview. Listen up, uh, and we will be back shortly afterwards to wrap this up. Enjoy. All right. We are live, ladies and gentlemen, with our first first guest ever, ever, ever. It's incredible, too, because we're really setting the bar high on the Active Man podcast. If people are going to listen to this interview and then literally, it doesn't matter who we bring. It's going to be have, have to be somebody like really legit. Like your neighbor. My neighbor? Yeah, your neighbor. Which one? I don't know. All right, we'll keep that in mind. Okay, later. yeah. So <clears throat> our first guest is none other than PJ Sweeta, who is a professional Muay Thai fighter. Um, PJ, you have to say hails from Philadelphia. That's what they say. <sighs> I like. I want to forget that he hails from Philadelphia, though. You know, fighting out of Philadelphia. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we bring to you on this frosty eve, none other than PJ Sweetie. <laughs> That's legit. That was legit. PJ, how are we? Fat and happy right now. Fat and happy. <laughs> 
That's great for the active man podcast. Then. Certainly is. You can tell us how not to be fat and happy, but well, do you, active. Do you know what today is? What is today? It's free donut day. Is it? It's, is that what you're thinking? National basically, holiday. Basically, you? my holiday. Oh my god! Wow. National donut day, dude. Well, before we go into anything else, since you brought it up, I don't. I mean, for the people that don't know, you you have a. Would you say it's a fetish or a, a fascination? He's a donut aficionado. A connoisseur of A sorts. connoisseur. You know what? I, I can't go with the fetish way because I can't, it's, I can't I, I take the to donut sexual... into the other direction. I can't do it. Fair enough. Yeah, of course. Fair enough. Well, tell us, tell us exactly how the donut thing started. Oh, man. You want how it all began? I mean, you can start us with that, and then we'll we'll go into and who we'll you ask are, you about who you are, <laughs> and like what you do. Oh, uh, okay, okay. You know, all right, all right. So when I was five, I was uh, I was me and my brother are two years apart. Uh, I was five; he was three at the time. We were super, we were super, super bad. Um, my mom used to bribe us with donuts um, to be good, and it worked all the time. Uh, whether we were fighting, whether I would get hurt outside. Uh, it would stop me from crying. It just it got me to do everything for her. It's, she would buy me with the little uh, mini donuts you get in the, the bags, I guess. The now munchkins. Days. Yeah. The munchkins. Um, now, and sorry, was it was it Duncan? Has it always been Duncan? No, no. You know what? I, I like Duncan. So, I mean, you guys know where I'm from. Um, oh yes. <laughs> So we have, we have those, Dunkin' Donuts. That's all we have is Dunkin' Donuts. That's <laughs> uh, literally all we have. In the Northeast Pennsylvania, uh, well, Northeast, greater Northeast Pennsylvania, what have you, it's mainly Dunkin' Donuts. Yes. For yeah. our listeners who are uh, worldwide. <laughs> it's mainly Dunkin' Donuts here in the Northeast, and, uh, boy, they have a monopoly in Pennsylvania. That is correct. Um, nevertheless, good donuts, but they have a monopoly. Yes. But when I moved to Philadelphia a little over four years ago, I mean, every day before work, I would stop for a donut. I'd stop at Dunkin' Donuts, coffee, donut, every day, regular, regular schedule. Didn't think anything of it that I was, it was, I was starting a habit of having a donut every day. But when I moved to Philadelphia and I was introduced to Baylor's and Federal Donuts, real donuts, that's when it became like an obsession. That's when you took it to the next level. That's what you're saying. Yes, because I was introduced to the next level donut. What is the likelihood that you become the first professional athlete to be sponsored by a donut company? Dude, Federal is on my radar right now. It's going to happen. If they're lucky enough, you need to seal the deal, my friend. You need to see the you have a you have a donut tattoo on your milky white man thigh. If that does not seal the deal, I don't know what will. I mean, well, obviously the next step would be to get tattooed underneath that federal donuts, but that's that's entirely up to you how far you want to take it. Yeah, yeah. We I gotta get a little <laughs> something something for that. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Like lifetime supply, uh you know, you sit on in the production meetings, you know, new donut ideas, things like that. Yeah. Chief Donut Liaison. Yes, that would be your title. Fantastic. I, I need my own donut for that. My own name. <laughs> the sweet new, new, crea- new creation. Wow. Okay, this actually <laughs> actually gives us a little bit of a good venue. If you were to create your personal donut, the PJ Sweeta donut, what would what would it be? The Sweeta be. Ooh, you're, you're putting me on the spot. Ooh. All right, off the top of my head. And I'm not even a lemon guy, but I'm a lemon cake, lemon cake and lemon donut guy. Lemon, wow. it would have to be some sort of lemon meringue, some sort of lemon kind Ooh. of donut. Nice. Now, what kind of roll? Are we talking on a croissant? Well, that's not really a donut. That's okay, a so we got, we got, all right, let's break it like down. Like a French croissant? Let's break it down to simple terms for these uneducated donut eaters out there. We got the cake donut, the thick cake, thick donut that you can't eat more than a couple. I mean, the average person, of course I can. Of course I can. Naturally. Or you got the the 
the sure. airy donut. The donut you could probably eat six at a city. Me, 12, of okay. course. Um, but, so I would go for my donut, my lemon donut, I would go cake donut for that, for lemon water. Okay. Okay. Any, any type of specific, you know how like some of these crazy donuts have like weird toppings on it. Is there any type of topping that you would toss on top of your lemon cake donut? Yes. So um, with the lemon, I would like a nice vanilla frosting. Okay. On top of that frosting, <laughs> I would take a marshmallow. I'd say a little bigger than the hole in the middle of the donut. Take some fire to it, melt that marshmallow, get a little brown on it. So now we got a lemon donut, some vanilla frosting, and a melted marshmallow right in the middle. So big that it's not falling off the sides, but big enough where you could get a bite or taste in every bite. You clearly have thought about this before. We should just change this podcast. This is off the the top of my head. If you would ask me tomorrow, it might not be lemon. I feel like you're lying. To oh us. my god! <laughs> I no. think you might. I mean, I mean, obviously you're very good at what you do because you're a professional. You get paid to punch people in the face and and do things like that. But like, why aren't you on Food Network? If if not a paid sponsorship through Federal Donuts, I think this could be a little side gig for you. Sweet as dough nuts. And you just <laughs> create like, all sorts like, of. <laughs> you I just like create all sorts that. of. Fantastic flavors. A little, a little side job, you know. Incredible. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, the it's all about connections. I need those connections. Well, I'll tell you what. If if I knew anybody at Federal Donuts, I would be sending emails and uh, voicemails to get your ass in there. Yeah, for sure. Maybe Service we could, announcement. Maybe, maybe we could get it trending on Twitter. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Or like, let's just call out Federal Donuts right now. We should. I mean, they won't listen to this, but we should. Yeah, I mean, if you're federal. listening, Federal, it's time. I think it's time. It's time you put PJ Sweeta on staff as a sponsored athlete. Sponsored athlete. Slash, what the hell was it, the, the job that we, what did you say? The, the Chief Donut Chief. Liaison? G- yeah, Chief Donut Liaison. I mean, I think that's a good title. Needs to happen now. Federal I just need to donuts. sit down with them. If I sat down with them and they they heard what I had to say, they would they would feel it. They would understand. I think it would. Uh, I don't doubt it. I feel it across the airways. I mean, Gavin and I are sitting here. Uh, obviously, we're both thinking about donuts and, and probably going to eat some after this. After what you described to us, but nothing will do it justice. No, that was incredible. No, sir. No, sir. Mm. Well, let's. <clears throat> Since we kind of went backwards into this, and, and there may be a handful of people that, that don't know who you are that listen to us, why don't you give us a little bit of your background, uh, you know, where'd you grow up, a little bit about yourself, um, just a general overview to let people know who is Sweetie. Uh, PJ. Sweetie. A little bit about myself. Oh, okay. Uh, well, grew up in I guess Nicole I could region. do that instead of talking about donuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grew up in the coal region, um, as uh, as most people, who, probably the listeners on here, will know what the the cold region is. A uh, great great place to grow up as a kid. Um, you have your freedom. Um, but as I got older, and I, I touched base on that uh, professional level of any type of professional level of martial arts, um, it comes down to opportunities, and there's not too many opportunities in the coal region coal region area. So I had to make a decision. Um, yeah. move or stay in the cold region. Because um, it got to the point where I was fighting these guys who did this full time. And I was working 12 hours a day at a, mm-hmm. a door factory and then training yeah. on my spare time. So uh, fast forward to 24, 25 years old, I pick up and move to Philadelphia to pursue opportunities in fighting. Um, came out here and Jumped the gun in Muay Thai. I, I made the move from MMA to Muay Thai because I had Tommy John surgery. Um, if, as you guys know, which is a pitcher's surgery. It's on your elbow, your UCL, um, which limits me from grappling and wrestling. Uh, it gets very sore, and I, may, I have to take days off. So that, that kind of forced me into the transition of pure striking. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but as it forced me to pure striking, I fell in love with Muay Thai. Uh, so at first it was pushed, but it easily transitioned to love Muay Thai because I, I love jiu-jitsu. I loved the groundwork. I did it for seven years. Um, but now I'm, I'm just fell in love with Muay Thai. I've been with Muay Thai. Um, just moved to Jersey today, first day in that new house. Congratulations. Um, thank you, sir. So, yeah, just a, <laughs> just a small town boy out here in Jersey trying to – not trying to make it big in fighting. Um, but I'm trying to make my staple. I'm trying to make a name for myself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open my own my own gym shortly. I love that. That's great. Um, so, like, do you think if you never tore your UCL, that you would still be in uh, more of a mixed martial art? You'd be fighting in more of a mixed martial arts capacity. Before he answers that, I will say there's probably a handful of guys that were ecstatic when they found out that he was making the move because PJ, whether he'll tell you or not, was unbelievable as far as a grappler's concerned. But go ahead. Go ahead, sir. You know what? If I weren't tore my UCL, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know where I would be right now. I don't, I don't know. Um, because even after I tore my UCL, I took two MMA fights without even training MMA. I was training pure Muay Thai. Of course, I got taken down in both of those fights. Um, you know, because my opponents knew I was trained to striking, not jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah. And I try to tell everybody, and I try to tell myself, I try to convince myself I took it for decent money. And I did doing a promoter a favor and taking the fights because they were both short notice kind of fights. Um, but I know deep down inside I wanted to do it because I loved it too, even though I wasn't training for it. So I, I can't, I can't give you a straight answer. I, to be honest, I don't know where I would be if I wanted to tour my UCL. Mm-hmm. That's one of those cool, like, blessing in disguise yeah. things. I was just going to yeah. say the same thing. You know, a lot of things happen for a reason, and, and definitely your path is, you know, uh, an example of, of that exactly. I mean, to where you're at now, you, you're definitely in the right place of where you should be, that's for sure. Um, what? <clears throat> let's let's kind of go a little bit back. You know, how did you initially get into MMA? Like, kind of lead us through the beginning um, not Muay Thai because you kind of filled in the gap there, but like how you initially got to, to training for MMA in the first place. So MMA, um, I was your typical in high school. I was your typical meathead guy. Um, I was, I was over 200 pounds. I was, I was trying to gain weight. I was, I remember at the time I reached a total of two, I think I reached 223 exactly. Um, I would go to my high school gym. I would lift chest, biceps and triceps and shoulders didn't even know what a squat was. I mean, I knew what a squat was. Never, <laughs> never walked into a squat rack in my entire life. I thought I was the tough guy or I was supposedly the tough guy in high school um, or in, in my town. Um, and I, uh, I, I walked into a jiu-jitsu gym thinking I was tough and I just wanted to be, I wanted to be tougher, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. I walked into a jiu-jitsu gym, um, first time ever. <laughs> There was a, I remember there was a 125-pounder getting ready for a fight. Uh, like I said, it was my first time walking in. I took, a, I took the jiu-jitsu class, um, and uh, the 125-pound fighter was getting ready for a fight, and they were giving him a grinder um, or a fish ta- uh, shark tank, I should say, where he stays in the middle. Every two minutes, a new person comes in while he stays in. And he gets tired and tired and tired. So they're giving this guy, I'm about the 10th guy, and they throw me in there. Two minutes. I'm two over 200 pounds. He's 125 pounds. Um, and I remember before I got in that circle on the wrestling mat, I asked the instructor, what, what am I trying to do? What's my objective? I literally did not even know that I was in there trying to submit this guy or take him down. Mm-hmm. I, didn't know the, I didn't know the idea of what I was trying to do. That 125-pounder threw me around like I was a ragdoll and I was 225 pounds. <laughs> Humbling? Humbling. And he was – I was the 10th guy. He should have been dead, tired. Um, that day humbled me, and I fell in love with it. I said, I need, I need to learn this. I am not tough as I think I am. I'm a, I'm a little – I don't know if you could say it on the podcast. I'm a little bitch. I need to learn how to do this. I need to, I need to live up to this tough guy act. So in reality, I started for all the wrong reasons, and it quickly changed to 
how can I say, I shouldn't say the right reasons because uh, there's a million different re- uh, right reasons. Uh, I, I changed my outlook on what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think it puts you in a group with the right type of people at that time too, uh, with the guys that you were training with and uh, especially the, uh, well, you can talk a little bit about the instructor, but that definitely puts you in the right place. Kind of like what we we're saying before, you know, it was definitely a blessing in disguise uh, in that aspect as well. Yeah. I, I, I stuck with, uh, so I started that jujitsu in Mount Carmel. It was in a, an old Christian school. Um, there was just about 20 guys. Uh, it wasn't very structured. I did it for a few months. And I remember, uh, after getting pretty confident in my ground game, I was looking for gyms to work on striking a little bit. Cause I wanted to get into MMA and the closest gym was in Bloomsburg which is like 45 minutes from Mount Carmel. And I remember, oh, I'll never forget the phone call. I made a phone call to uh, Joel Knott. Ben, you know Joel? Uh, Bloomsburg MMA. I made a phone call and I asked him about striking class. And I asked him how many days a week he did striking. He told me, and he told me they did jiu-jitsu or grappling on other days. And I told him on the phone, I said, oh, my ground game's good. I just want to work on my striking uh, that's how confident I was in my striking. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> this is just a, this is just a few months in the grappling. I just told an, an instructor over the phone that I, my ground game was good enough. I just wanted to come there for striking. Um, but uh, that's how I got involved in uh, Bloomsburg mixed martial arts. Uh, quickly learned uh, my ground game wasn't as good as I thought after uh, visiting Bloomsburg MMA a few times, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that was. That was my first, I should say, team. And my, I still go to Bloomsburg. Um, I don't, obviously, I don't train there because I don't live in Pennsylvania, but it'll always be my gym. Joel's never missed a fight of mine to this day, even though he's an MMA instructor, boxing instructor, jiu-jitsu instructor, kickboxing instructor. Um, he comes to all my Muay Thai fights. Uh, we have a bond. He's my mentor, um, and he will follow me for all my fights. Um, and that's so and cool. I know you will. It's such a cool thing. You know, it's such an <clears throat> exemplary thing where, you know, you put yourself out there. You just put yourself in a situation where you just expose yourself to an opportunity. And, uh, you know, you walking into that Christian school in Mount Carmel, you know, it, it's pretty unbelievable. You know, probably never thought about, you know, you doing this for a living, you know, your first time walking in there. No, I, and you know, if I want to walk into there that day, who knows if we'd be talking right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it, come full circle. It, it has certainly molded you uh, into a, a uh, I mean, you certainly have, have matured quite a bit, you know, through, through the last couple of years. And it's definitely molded you into a good person that you become, you know, to this day, you're very humble. You've talked about your humble experiences uh, at that gym and then at Bloom MMA um, so it's definitely to, to, it's great for us to hear that for the, for the listeners to hear that, that it's not just one of those things where you walk into a gym one day, you mop everybody up and then boom, you're a professional, you know, and you're getting fights off the bat. Like it, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, yeah. hard work, perseverance, and, and being humbled are usually some of the key pieces that you gotta, you know, step through or go through, you know, to get to the, the upper levels that, you know, a lot of people are trying to get to, uh, and the other thing I'll ask you too is, that, you know, as far as the switch um, of, of MMA to Muay Thai, um, what, as far as your training, uh, how has that changed? Now you did explain about how it's more striking. You know, there's no grappling, but what other aspects of your training has changed from MMA to Muay Thai? I would say the the biggest thing I've noticed. So grappling. With MMA, it's a lot. It's a lot of grappling, a lot of clinching. It's a lot, a lot of uh, grip work. Uh, and Ben, I, of course, you know that um, we've worked out for years, uh, strength conditioning wise. And your grip, your grip strength, and your grip training for grappling and, <clears throat> and MMA it needs to be on another level, to the point mm-hmm. where, like, if you grapple with somebody new or you you grab a hold of somebody that doesn't grapple, they think you have gorilla strength. And that's what you need for MMA. And uh, I think with Muay Thai, um, my strength and conditioning 
has changed completely. Um, there's some camps that I don't even lift um, for Muay Thai. Would it help mm-hmm. me? Uh, absolutely. Um, I throw so many forward motions. I need to do so many back exercises to balance things out. Um, my legs need to be explosive because we're on our toes so much. Um, we're kicking and checking and defending and moving that uh, my legs need to be super explosive. Um, so I, I think I, it comes down to strength conditioning. It's just it's, it's different. It's, it's very, very different between Muay Thai and strength and conditioning for me. And that, I think that's the biggest, the biggest difference between the two. Yeah, you're definitely talking about two different types of, you know, strength work where, you know, your grappling is a lot of isometric, you know, where you're, you're holding, you know, certain positions for a period of time under max tension to Muay Thai where everything is pretty much explosive. It's quick, it's fast, it's power. Um, you know, MMA, there, there's so many different realms that it could go between, but, but Muay Thai is certainly, you know, more explosive. And, and with all that striking, like I said, it's quick, it's powerful, it's speed. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so your, your training certainly would need to change a little bit for you to have the, you know, max, max potential and, and have the, the, the top type of performance that you're looking for, definitely. Um, exactly. Would you say... Uh, as far as like the um, other than training, uh, strength conditioning and things like that, what else has changed? And this is more of a, you know, you're not a spring chicken anymore. You know, you're not no. 23, 24. Um, you're, you know, almost 30. Um, what, what has changed in those years through that time uh, that has helped your performance? I know, you know, recovery is huge. Um, what types of things have you changed to improve not just your performance, but your recovery and some of the other avenues? Um, definitely uh, weight, weight classes have changed over the years, especially with me getting older. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'm not 21 anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I, my professional MMA debut, I weighed in at 143 pounds. Uh, the, uh, right now, I would never, I can't get in the 40s. There's no way. So but, uh, between age and and time and... And your dying I, love I, for donuts. And my di- <laughs> yeah, my dying love for donuts. My, I've went up in weight classes. Um it's different. My, my recovery time is a little longer. I can't, I need to take those days off. Uh, you know what? I, it, it pisses me off when people say, um, uh, and um, people are going to argue this. People are going to uh, argue that, uh, you don't need rest days. You've worked through those days. Um, but now I would, I would agree with that hundred percent when I was 22, 23 years old. Now mm-hmm. at 28, I, I need those days off are more important than those days that I'm grinding. Um, yeah, so I can grind on, so, on, so, so, so I can push it on those other days. If I don't take those, mm-hmm. days, those few days off, some, sometimes I need to take two days a week um, to be able to train twice a day, three times a day. And to train and as yeah, hard as you do. The, the recovery and rest, like you said, you're exactly correct. I mean, recovery and rest is just as important as the work that you put in. And, you know, a lot of it has, you know, comes down to working hard, but you're definitely going to want to be working smarter, you know, the older you go. Um, and your body definitely needs, you know, the recovery and rest that much more um, as you get up there in age. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it, I used to be able to make, say, 150. When I was 23, 24, I was making 155 easy to the point where I would diet, I would diet two weeks out and make mm-hmm. 155. I need to diet four to six weeks out to make 160 pounds nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so definitely, when you spread it out like that, it's a lot easier on your body, too. And I'm yeah. sure you feel the difference you know, doing it that way versus doing the short, quick, quick weight cuts yeah. like you had done years ago. Yeah. And you know what? I just got a huge opportunity three days ago to fight in Aruba. And in, in, at the time it was 23 days or 24 days away. Um, I tipped the scale at 183 pounds when we got the phone call, 183.6. And the fight was at 154. 
And we, and I jumped, me and my coach jumped on the opportunity and we took it because it was a huge opportunity to go to Ruger to fight for, fight for an international WKA title. And it was exciting. We took it. And literally within two days, I was killing myself to the point where I was dragging. I couldn't, I was, I couldn't even finish my runs. I was fasting runs in the morning when I woke up mm-hmm. and I was running at night and going to bed without eating. And it was just for a few days and I, I ran myself down and I just got too excited at the opportunity and we took the fight and I had to call the promoter and tell him, you know what, like before you guys book this flight, it's not safe for me to take this fight. We can't, I can't cut that much weight. I'm not 21. I'm not 22 anymore. Wow. We just got, I, mm-hmm. I just got super excited. And now I yeah. am here talking with the promoter right before I called you guys and they're trying to get the fight at a different weight for me. Um, they really want me to fight out in a room. So we're trying to work it out where we make it a weight I can make safely in three weeks with a seven hour flight to Aruba because that makes you hold on to your water weight. Um, right. Especially, especially when I'm flying out there two days before weigh-ins, you know, that's when the water weight's supposed to start coming off. So uh, we're trying to, I'm trying to be more safer about these weight cuts. And so, uh, you know, you were talking about kind of that, your development over the years. How, how has your nutrition and how have you approached nutrition? Like, how has that changed for you as, you, as you've kind of continued through your career? Completely. I can't eat chicken wings two weeks before a fight. Now, you know, now I'm eating, <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating chicken with uh, Mrs. Dash lemon pepper on it. You know, uh, yeah. it's different. I'm, I'm, I have a meal prep sponsor. Uh, making me meals, healthy, healthy plates, meal preps. Um, they're, they're counting my calories. They're counting my protein and they're, they're giving me what I need per week. Um, I didn't need to do that five years ago, four years ago, six years ago. I didn't have to do that. I could, I could do it on my own just a couple of weeks out. And now I have to count, mm-hmm. I have to start counting things and watch what I eat. And I, I can't do that on my own. I have too much stuff yeah. going on. Thank God for sponsors and people that, uh, have faith in me and, and put the time in for me and do these things. And as your, as your, uh, one of your trainers years ago, to me, that's, that's part of the maturation that I was talking about. Whereas, you know, you've taken it upon yourself, you know, to meet and work with somebody so that your weight cuts are done correctly. You're getting the proper nutrition, you're getting the proper nutrition, uh, nutrients, and, you know, your body is certainly going to perform much better, you know, now with getting the right types of foods, the right calories versus chicken wings, pizza, and uh, a couple uh, Mike's Hard Lemonades like you used to like. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, you asked that. I was going to – I was going to twist it. Twisted tea. Yeah, that, that's what it was, the twisted tea. I, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You still have those once in a while, though, don't you? What's that? You still have those once in a while, though, don't you? You know what? I haven't had it yesterday. When we closed on the house yesterday, I cracked open a Corona. Uh, that well, was that probably was, the that first. Was rightly deserved. Yeah, that was the first beer I had in months. Really? I'm wow. not a big drinker yeah, anymore. I, I, like a, I like a beer with a meal if I go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ben, ben over here, he's a big Bacardi and nerd guy. <laughs> yeah. I could see man. it. I could see it. <laughs> what's that? What's that new one that just came back? Zima, Zima. What is it called? What is Zinc? it? Uh, Loco. No, the new one that came back. The clear <laughs> bottles. I guess they used to be out years and years ago. It's Zima. Is that it? Zima. Zima. Uh, like Zima a, was a thing back in the day. Who? Well, it just no, came back. Going to it, but. It just came that was back. like I one of those that like girls would drink that back in the day, and they would put Jolly Ranchers in it to flavor it up. It's exactly why I can see you drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go into my previous uh, drinking habits because now, as I'm a father, I have zero time for any of that. Fortunately for me, which is good. But I will, I will honestly say, I was not a Zima drinker on air. No. I was not a Zima drinker. No. I've always been more of a sparkling grape juice kind of guy. So. <laughs> the, uh, the sparkling grape, grape juice wine. Yes. Uh, nice. Concord's <laughs> finest. <laughs> let's let's kind of go into, uh, like, you, you know, with Muay Thai, 
is this something that anybody can get into and do, or do you need to have, you know, some sort of background in martial arts? Like, kind of give us the gist of of that. And like, if somebody is interested, um, you know, how how do they get into it? Where do the, what do they you do? Know, Where do they go? I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions, especially coming from the teacher aspect. Um, so, I, as you guys know, I teach I teach Muay Thai uh, four days a week um, in King of Prussia, and uh, it's some people are very intimidated walking into a Muay Thai gym or even making a phone call because they think you you have to fight if you train Muay Thai. You don't need mm-hmm. to fight. Um, I have students who come in during lunch breaks. Um, I have students looking just to learn self-defense. I have students looking to lose weight. And then I have students who want to fight. I have more students looking for fitness and self-defense aspect than fighting. You don't need to fight. You know what? I, it's confidence. Um, it builds self-confidence. And I think that is the biggest thing that I gained out of martial arts, not just Muay Thai, just martial arts, that I try to push people, push on to people when they're asking questions on, on um, joining Muay Thai. Because mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest benefit of martial arts, period, and especially Muay Thai, is self-confidence. Be able to walk down the street or walk into any room or any, get any altercation or any situation and being comfortable that you're going to be okay at the end of the day is a great feeling. Is an yeah, absolutely awesome. great feeling. And that's a great point, too, because, you know, you get a lot of people who, you know, literally, it's not that they wouldn't go exercise. It's just that they hate traditional gyms. And that's, yeah. like, completely understandable. Um, you know, because they're like, you know, not everybody wants to, you know, bang weights together and, and be that kind of guy. Now, there's nothing wrong with it per se, but when I think about Muay Thai or, or mixed martial arts, it's so much more of a, um, more of a realistic, it's more of a um, fundamental movement type thing. It's something that, I mean, to be honest with you, it's part of the reason why humans walk on two feet was for combat. Yes. I mean, you look at you look at animals in the animal kingdom. You look at all animals in the animal kingdom. There are very few that can clench their fist with a uh, with opposable thumbs. And there was actually a study done on people who would punch uh, objects with an with their thumb up or their basically their fist not clenched, and the amount of power decreased from that. Uh, had actually led some ev- evolutionary uh, biologists to at least include, in part, for the reason why Homo sapiens actually went bipedal or went on two legs. One, one of the one of the estimates was uh, for foraging. The other one was for traveling in groups and long distances, and then the third one was actually for combat, gripping tools, fighting. I mean, so when you when I think about the sport of MMA and 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 uh, mixed martial arts or Muay Thai in general, I mean that's basically the most uh, primal original sport you can partake in, and there's something really really cool about that. I guess there's something about definitely standing in front of each other, throwing as fast and as hard as they can, and they can't run. You can't you can't rest on the ground. You can't grab your partner and take him down and rest, or put him in a different situation. You are standing in front of somebody, elbowing, kneeing, kicking, punching, and the best man may win. Yeah, and that's it's, a, and you know you it's, it's in our nature. And that's another cool point is that primal, primal, very primal. <laughs> <laughs> but um. You know, people really love the UFC, and there's, you know, the UFC is great. It's great for, uh, you know, people to get into or look into combat sports and kind of get into it because, you know, it's a sport that's still on the rise. But I really feel like if people got exposed to Muay Thai as opposed to 
a lot of the traditional MMA, you know, a lot of people watch, like a lot of people watch hockey because they want to see two dudes stand in front of each other and bang it out. They don't want to yeah. watch hockey, you know, but with Muay Thai, you can't like, I mean, you can like leg sweep people or you can do some of, some of the, uh, some of that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you guys are, you know, mano a mano, like really just banging it out. Yeah. And you know what? That's, that's the thing. Everybody watches MMA. You know, as most people only watch UFC, they want to see two guys striking. A lot of people that aren't educated with the jiu-jitsu and the groundwork, boo and and yell at their TV for these guys to get up off the ground to see them strike. And that's yeah. what we do. And you know what? We fight with six and eight ounce gloves. These guys, the MMA guys, are fighting with four, so it's not that big of a difference. Um, so you're still seeing knockouts, like. Like crazy. Oh my. So I, yeah, it oh amazes God. me. It amazes me how Muay Thai, it's slowly growing in the States. It is. It yeah. is, but I, I'm just, it amazes me that it just isn't as far along as I would like it to, especially if that's what people want. They want to see two guys stand in front of each other and strike. Yeah, and I think a lot of people just don't know and they don't understand because. You know, it's not publicly televised like, you know, UFC is or Bellator and some of these other ones. Yes, you know, there's Lion Fight, which you've you've been a part of in the past here, um, but you don't see it marketed. You don't see it televised, um, you know, like UFC, Bellator, and some of those other, you know, MMA, uh, you know, companies. Um, so it's just not out there as much. People don't know. They don't see it. But I think if, you know, people had – you know, ways to see it a little bit more, um, they would definitely enjoy it. Uh, because like you said, it's a lot more of what they're looking for, you know, when they're, when they're watching combat sports. So it's kind of a, you know, not an internal flaw, but I mean, it's a flaw. Um, I think they would definitely do better if, if they were able to market it a little bit better and get it out there for people to see, Correct. you know, what do you think that takes, PJ? What do you think that that's going to take for more people to really, really get involved or at least get interested in watching professional Muay Thai or just getting involved in Muay Thai altogether? Is it, is it just an exposure thing or is it, do you feel like uh, Muay Thai is almost um, competing with, with other mixed martial arts because of that kind of UFC culture that, that not that it's wrong that everybody seems to be into it, but um, Kind of explain how you how you feel about that, how the two kind of balance each other out. You know what? I, I don't know. I don't know what's holding that. I, part of me wants to say money. You know, who's that big investor? Or who's that money guy that wants to <clears throat> strike a TV deal with one of these huge networks and bring mm-hmm. some of the top, top Muay, American Muay Thai fighters on TV, on national TV? No, one, mm-hmm. no one's doing that. No, no one's doing it. No one's stepping up. I mean, the bigger, the closest thing we have is uh, Glory Kickboxing, which is on the ESPN. Uh, but yeah. but mm-hmm. kickboxing and Muay Thai is are two different sports. They're, they're two different things. Um, it's it's not the same. So I, I can't even put them in the same category. Um, there's yeah. no yeah. there's no there's no money guy out there doing that, making these deals mm-hmm. with the TV stations. There's definitely the market for it. It's just, you know, you're waiting for somebody to jump on it. And I think, you know, I think it would definitely take off, you know, for all the reasons that we talked about. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, find, getting the right person to just take, you know, take the leap or gamble and, and uh, get it going because it would definitely take off. Oh, my gosh. You see some of those, like, you go on YouTube or something like that, and you look mm-hmm. up some of those Muay Thai fights, like in Thailand or overseas, and they look like festivals. Like there are drums banging, and like, mm-hmm. it's almost like oh, they go faster and faster. It's nuts. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're gambling on those fights. And, yeah. <laughs> we need what's his name from uh, Shark Tank? Mark Cuban. Mark, step Cuban. up, Mark. Yeah, step up. Yeah, sell the Mavericks. Buy out <laughs> PJ. <laughs> Get him some donuts and step up and step up. Yeah, step up. Uh, well, you talked about you know your your possible upcoming fight, how you're kind of working on that, but it's not set in stone yet. Do you have any other fights that are uh, secured and lined up coming up here in the near future? 
you know, we uh, we don't have any contract signs. I don't like making announcements until contracts are signed. But uh, gotcha, verbal, we got a verbal agreement with uh, verbal agreement for July 20th for Glory Kickboxing, and that's me making my kickboxing debut making transition nice. over from from Muay Thai to kickboxing. Just a, it's a huge opportunity to fight, especially in Madison Square Garden on the the biggest kickboxing. Big, biggest yes, kickboxing promotion in, this, in the United States, or yes, or out there, period. So hopefully well, we that, hope that, that, that comes through. Yeah, definitely. Well, me and Spike Lee are sitting courtside for that. <laughs> yes, you and Spike are road dogs, actually, aren't you? Yeah, sort of, kind of. He doesn't know <laughs> it, but we are. Um, well, before we before we end this thing, sir, I think there's. There's definitely something that that you know we, it's it's come up in previous chats, podcasts, and it has to do with the beard. And you and know, I, I responded to your question in the last I'm, one. I'm, I get upset every. You know, I, I'm my mood just changed. <laughs> I get well, upset about it right now. I, I don't want to upset you, but. You know, let's let you know, like we've spoken about before. Let's look at the brighter picture. You know, this is your time to shine, PJ. There's no brighter picture. There's there is no bright picture with no beard. Correct, but this is your time to take the reins in beardom, in beardship, and be the leader that you can be. Trying to disguise the fact that you Do not have a I beard think, right now, man. Uh, he takes a sabbatical every year. He's acting like he did some sort of like, like <laughs> glorious thing for you, as if yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, he thinks it's a glorious thing not, for everybody else that has. It's a hard to believe, Ben. It's hard to believe, but not everything <laughs> is about me. Hmm. Well, we also uh, moving on. <laughs> we, we have a, a, a few questions we kind of threw out. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, you know, what, podcast Instagram on at Active Man Podcast. Yeah, we on have, Instagram. We have like seven followers, so and two shortly. Two of our seven followers have questions that they would like us to ask you. Gavin, do you want to ask the first one? Sure. First one is from there here, and you know they're here on they're Instagram here. for their ex here. Yes. Um, for our listeners who don't know, he's one of the Bloomsburg Muay Thai or Bloomsburg MMA cadre. Uh, his name's Eric Strasser, and he asks, "Which takes priority, thickness, his beard or his thighs?" Dude, uh, I'll give you an answer, but I, I can't. I would have to give you a short story version of why I, I'm giving you this answer. Okay, go ahead. All right, quick version. It's the thighs. I'd rather have thicker thighs and a thicker beard right now in life. I don't <laughs> mind what people think about wow. me. I care, I care about what I think about myself. But when I, like I said earlier, when we were talking in high school, I was a meathead. I had, I didn't know, what, I didn't lift legs. I was 220 pounds, all upper body. Um, I had bird legs. And one day, me and my buddy were walking in Walmart with uh, two girls that we liked. And one girl looked at me and said, PJ, you have skinny legs. Um, And that is a devastating thing to hear. I laughed it off. I laughed it off. I I had to be maybe 20. Um, I laughed it off. It it tore me apart inside. (laughs) It burned your soul. From that day on, I worked my ass off to have (laughs) thick thighs that I have now. And uh, when I cut weight, it's one of the first things that I lose weight in is my thighs, my ass, and my face. Um, so I'm all in the off season, uh, when I'm not going to refer, I'm always trying to keep my thighs thick. So when I do cut, they're still kind of on the thicker side. Nice. So they never return to the bird legs ever again. Hell no. I'll never have another girl say that ever again. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. They should just call the sport boy thighs. Boy thighs. Boy thighs. You know what? Thighs. Yeah. If, Lauren, if you're... I think that's what Thai means, actually. Uh, pretty sure that's not true. No, actually, scholars maintain that the, the original translation, the translation of Muay Thai means <laughs> more thighs. Yes. Okay. Yes. There you, there you have so it, So, Lauren from Amazon, <laughs> if you could hear me, I have thick thighs because of you. 
<laughs> Thank you, Bitch. Lauren from Allentown. <laughs> now we know how PJ feels. <laughs> but, but that has molded you since then, and you are the man today because of it. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely one of the so then again, I thank big her. variables. So in hindsight, you thank her, but thank your her. angst and dislike is still hot as it's the volcanic in magma in Hawaii. It's in there. It's That's in there. <laughs> On to the next one. This one is from True Self 72, a.k.a. The Godfather, a.k.a. Joel Not. Oh, God, what if, is it? <laughs> if he wouldn't shave the F out them legs, they wouldn't have to fight for a share of the top spot. Shave as in, like, razor shave? Correct. Is this true? Per- do you shave your legs? I, I do not shave my legs. I buzz. I buzz my legs like a hair buzzer. You buzz them. There is a difference. I buzz them. So I didn't shave my beard. I buzzed my beard. No, you shaved your beard. No, you shaved your beard. It's different. <laughs> and that's, you know, especially you know to your previous comment about preferring thicker thighs as to thicker beards. If I'm not wrong, one of your sponsors is a beard. Butter company, not Dude. just Beard Butter, but Do we they have, are all products of Beard. Great story. Do you have two minutes? We, we have, have two minutes. We have more than two minutes if you want them. Maestro, Maestro's Classic. Okay, moved to Philadelphia for a little over four years ago. I uh, hit up the local barber shop. They were selling Beard Butter. Never heard of it. Never in my life. Um, it kind of sounds gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. yeah, at first, yes. But I ha- my beard is like a Barilla pad, so I had to try something. So I buy this beard butter. I fall in love with it, and I use I used it every day. Uh, they were at a local barber shop. They were small time at the time. Um, a year passes, they get a big deal with Target. Um, now they're in Be- Bed Bath and Beyond. Um, That's when you know so they you grew. Made it. You have made it big. Yeah. So they grew. So I I go to my <clears throat> meal prep sponsor to pick up my food. Um, I just linked up with them maybe six months ago. I go there. Across the street, I see a Maestro's building, the same company for my beard. So I ask Matt, the owner of the Healthy Plate Meal Preps, their headquarters is right across the street. So I'm using this product for over four years, and here their headquarters is right across the street. And you and have I no idea them, until just now. I had no idea. I was like, I need to go over and introduce myself. I did not. <laughs> I took him down. But I emailed oh, no. them. I sent them an email, and you know, not your yeah, typical email—not your typical email that you would that you. Oh, hey, I'm looking for a sponsorship. My name is PJ. I do this. I do that. No, I would. You know what? I'd send an email, being myself, completely like I am now with you guys. Send an email. Told them I've been using their products for this amount of years. I told them what I was looking for. I told them what I could <laughs> do for them. Great response back. I met up with the CEO. They call him Ghost. We sat down. I thought I was just going to go into this company. They were going to hand me some product and say, see you later. Dude sat me down, talked about the history of the company, what, what the, the meanings are behind the sense, the meaning behind the shape of the logo. Um, he asked me about myself. He sat down and really wanted to get to know me and really explain what the meaning of the company was. And, dude, we hit it off. And now I'm sponsored and an ambassador for a company that I've been using for four years that I, uh, that I love. So Absolutely is that, would, that, would we consider that like uh, performance enhancing drugs of beardom? <laughs> in 100%. This, uh, little, Thank God they didn't for that. <laughs> I have to tell you, my jealousy of you is sky high. I feel like I've missed the boat. I've, I've had such beautiful beards over the last, 15 years and I've missed the boat every time. Man, and I guess this is a bad time to put in. It's just, it's um, just timing, Ben. It's timing, man. It's not you. It's <laughs> not you. Your beard is wonderful. I'm very, you know what? I, you'll, you better have this on tape because I'll never say it again. But when you have your beard in full effect, I'm a very jealous man. I'm a very jealous yeah, man. Would you, would, would you say it's a bit of beard envy? It, you are, you know what? Yes, you could possibly be a maestro. 
I want to be wow. in this show. I want to. Well, you're not anymore. You know, maybe you when you maybe when you grow a set and grow it back, we introduce <laughs> you to, to the maestro man, and we might just have to make that happen. Yeah, and it's, we'll and it's on air. It's on air, so it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you could reach a you could reach an audience that maybe some of us can't reach in the Bloomsburg area. You might be that man. <laughs> True, and you know, I. It's so embarrassing for me to even mention this now because between you two, I have, like, a child's beard. A toddler beard. But, like, you know, to the average person, it's like a beard. But I only use coconut oil in my beard sometimes. And you know what? It's okay. You're just uneducated in the beard life. That's okay, Gap. That's why parents raise children. And that's that's why... Us beard fathers will raise your toddler soul. I need to be raised into I'm, a glorious, having, beard enjoying young man. Gab, I'm going to do you a solid. <laughs> I'm going to do you a solid. Next time I am in town, I'm going to drop off about three or four sample packs of beard shampoo and beard butter for you. A little care oh package. A little care package. Yeah. He's blushing right now. He's blushing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> PJ Sweeta. Not only a professional Muay Thai fighter, but professional just showman. There's Thanks, no other way sir. to put it. There's no other way to put it. You're very welcome. It's also a good excuse to get me back into Bloom MMA, which I have gone a few times. And um, I will say for our listeners who are not, um, you know, are not yet you know, involved in any MMA type stuff, if you find a place like the guys and girls at Bloom MMA, stick with them because they're high-quality people. Um, but I will say it's a good excuse to get me back there because I do need to get back there. And, um, cause you never know when you're out hiking, when you have to fight a bear, a bear. yeah. Or Sasquatch even. And, and Sasquatch don't play. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, sir, we appreciate having you on the, uh, the podcast with us. Um, so other people can find you. Uh, and, and kind of follow your progress, uh, what is your, your Instagram handle so that some of our listeners will be able to, to seek you out and follow the entertaining soul of PJ Sweeta? Instagram, oh, uh, PJ Sweeta2. So P-J-S-W-E-D-A-2. Very simple. Very simple. Very successful. Keep it simple. Sweet. Keep it sexy. <laughs> Keep it sweet up. Oh man, Dude, that could have been that, that could good. be your keep it sweet up. Wow, that was good. That's, that could be on the back gonna, of your next T-shirt, dude. I'm gonna patent that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's yours. Well, thanks for joining us uh, again. We we definitely enjoyed having you on here, and we enjoyed follow enjoy following your progress uh, as you are making thanks, things sir. happen in the Muay Thai uh, realm. So thanks again, uh, Gaff. Hey, any closing thoughts? All I want to tell you is um, please keep kicking ass and keep, please keep crushing donuts. Kicking ass, hey. crushing donuts. Kicking yeah. ass and crushing donuts. All hey, right, guys. sir. Happy National Donut Thank you very much. Donut <laughs> hey, thank, thank you, you so much. And on that, a positive note. Uh, so... Is he a professional Muay Thai fighter or is he professional donut aficionado? Because that dude could have his own Food Network channel. Agreed. For real. Agreed. I mean, it was just, other than talking to him about, um, you know, what he does for a living, uh, he describes a hell of a donut. God, I'm so hungry for a donut right now. I know, and we're supposed to be talking about active stuff. Yeah, thanks, PJ. Thanks. Bikes. I mean, what a cool guy. I mean, that was uh, really setting the bar high for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like we said before, we have to find a legit interviewee. I mean, because that was legit. That was was legit. Where do we go? Where do we go from here to find somebody on that level? I don't know. We might just have to shut it down. Might have to quit. Nah. Nah, we won't do that. Nah. We can't do that for our seven subscribers no. on Podbean. Yeah, seven. 
We're also on iTunes. <laughs> if you haven't found us there, we're, yeah. we're there. Yeah, if you haven't noticed already, check it out. Um, but yeah, it was that was really cool and a really cool example of a, a of a local guy um, doing really cool stuff and staying active. Definitely, and and somebody who you know has has been humbled and worked through adversity to get to where he is right now, and it's always great to hear stories like that because a lot of people think. Most of these guys who are pro fighters have it easy. You know, they step in, they start, they're successful right away. And, you know, he told us he'd been humbled, what, two or three times, uh, you know, and, and didn't quit, obviously. He continued to pursue it. And, and uh, you know, good things have been happening because he's, he's persevered. He's, you know, he works hard. He's, he's getting out there, meeting the right types of people. I mean, he's pretty much putting himself in a position for success, you know, in a bunch of different ways. And it's, you can't just attack one way. I mean, you gotta, you gotta give yourself as many chances as possible, you know, to, to get opportunities. And then when you get opportunities, you damn well better, you, you know, produce and succeed in those, those times. And that's a lot of times that's how people get, you know, to where they want to be. Yeah. And it, you know, going back to it, it started off as purely curiosity mm-hmm. and he wanted to get he wanted to get active yeah and boy he's is that active. the crux of this podcast <laughs> that's right in there that's right in there that's right in there right in there but you know to what we were talking about how and how uh humble he is that's like a that's like a universal thing that i've noticed with people who are like really good at like mma or the combat sports is that they are the least cocky person that walks into a room not Um, what you'd expect not what you'd expect because you get a lot of dudes who like go to these events and watch these people fight and like they've got seven day a week uh, tap out shirts yeah for each day of the week and like they're the toughest person in the world Mm -hmm. and it's you know, it, it would be really cool the next time we uh, go see one of your uh, trainees fight <laughs> that the people watching the fighters ex- ex- maybe can't conduct themselves in the same manner that the fighters do. Agree. For the most part, really humble guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're not there. Uh, it's not a uh, it's not a Jimmy measuring contest. Y- you would think for a sport that that's that violence a bad explanation but yeah for that intense that you know those guys are some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet nicest people by far you know and and all of uh, most of those guys have such a great respect for each other and you see it after the fight like seconds after you know these two guys were trying to do whatever they possibly could to break the other person and then, I mean, it's rare when they don't, at minimal, shake hands. Yeah. Um, let alone, you know, most of them hug and, and congratu- congratulate each other regardless of who won, who lost. And, and they're always, you know, thanking and, and congratulating the other, you know, the other coaches for the other person. And like I said, just very humble, nicest dudes you could ever meet. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people just have a – a bad impression of, of who these people are until you actually meet them. Unfortunately, no doubt. You know? And how, you know, us being two ex baseball players, how soft does that make you feel? Like, <sighs> like a cotton ball soft, very soft. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel soft. Ooh, Chanel. Oh, well, well, Let's 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 finish with this. You know, if if you're interested in getting into uh, combat sports, more specifically Muay Thai or mixed martial arts, you know where where would one go to do this? I think the first thing you need to do if you're interested in MMA, uh, Muay Thai, any combat type sport, uh, buy as many tap out shirts as you can. That's step number one. I mean, Step number one. How could you not? Um, yeah. Second thing to do, probably watch Never Back Down. 
And never back down to. And never back down to. Maybe two or three times each. Two or three times. Don't watch Rocky. No. Don't Bad watch Rocky. Rocky. Bad. It's not that against Rocky. It's just, it's just not it. Just don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know, go out. If, if there is a local gym, please do not feel uncomfortable. Go in. Like we said, these are the nicest guys that you could ever meet. Get some info. They will be more than happy to share, you know, the, their art with you and kind of give you the information that you need, whether it's somebody who's looking to lose weight, somebody just looking to get in shape, somebody looking for some other type of fitness activity uh, that's different and fun. It does not mean you have to compete. You know, like he said, there's the majority of his uh, pupils are people that are doing it, you know, for other reasons. Not, not yeah. a lot of them compete. So don't don't feel like if you know if if you're not interested in competing, that it's not for you. Yeah, and that's that's super important because um, too many people look at that sport right. and they're like, dude, that looks like that's so intense. If I get involved in any manner, they're gonna break my nose, and that's not the case. You know, these are good people who uh, who really like want to see you get involved in the sport, and they want mm-hmm. to see you grow within the sport. And they want to share that with other people because a lot of times, most cases, it's stories like this where you know they've gained so much more than just the physical aspect from it, and they want to share that with other people. You know, and help them. You, just as if you were a fitness trainer and, you know, trying to share that and change somebody's life. It's just a different version yeah. in a different way. They want to help you. Yeah, and I would so imagine that it's definitely not too much different than, yeah. than Sim- that. Very similar. Very similar. Just different avenues. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's same really but different. Cool, you know? Same, same, but different. Yeah. Same, same, but different. Good. Well, thank you guys for listening again. Please do us a favor. Share the podcast. Get some other ears on it. Share the uh, podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Please. please follow us. God, please follow us. Please. And please, like, I've had some good feedback from the few listeners that we do have on uh, what they thought was funny or maybe what they want to hear next. We need more of that. Any feedback is good. Nothing is dumb. Because we... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anything is good. Nothing is dumb. And, you know, give us, when we're about to do an interview, we'll usually post up if you have any questions, anything like that. We'd love to answer the questions. It just gives us more more topics that we might not even think about to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we're like a Johnny. Just a directionless Joni and vessel. We're, we're directionless Johnny and Chachi. And, that, and we just, we have a lot of content that we could probably cover. It's just that our very small active man brains cannot really pinpoint the exact thing to cover. So we need your help. Help us. Please help us. Help you. Help you. Listen. Stay active. Anything is great. Anything is great. Absolutely nothing is dumb. We should probably end this podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. See ya.